0: You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hey, feisties. So we all know that recovery gets harder as we get older. And all the hormonal havoc that comes with menopause doesn't make it any easier. And well, the harder and longer you go, the harder and longer the recovery process can be. That's why I am super excited to bring you this week's guest, legendary ultra runner, Magda Boulet. Magda started her career as a marathoner, earning a spot on the U.S. Olympic team by finishing second in the 2008 U.S. Women's Olympic marathon trials. After turning 40, made the transition to trail running and ultra distance events, and she proceeded to rack up the wins. She won her hundred mile ultra running debut at the prestigious Western States endurance run in 2015. And for those who don't know Western States takes place on California's rugged Sierra Nevada mountain range and is considered the ultimate challenge in long distance running. We definitely talk about that. Since turning 45, Magda's won the Marathon de Saab, which is a six-day, 156-mile stage race in Morocco. That's a marathon a day, my friends. She has also completed the 172-mile Tahoe Rim Trail in 50 hours and 40 minutes. And just last year, she won the Leadville Trail 100 run. I have raced the Leadville 100 mountain bike race, and I cannot conceive of running 100 miles in those mountains in that thin air, on my feet, and honestly, ever recovering. But she does all of that and more. And now she's doing it through perimenopause, while also being a mom to a teenager, and working at Goo Energy and Boone as the Vice President of Research and Development. We talk about what all of that is like. Magda was very open about how she's had to change her training and her lifestyle now that she's 47 and feeling the effects of all of those hormonal fluctuations. We dive right into the meat of the episode right out of the gate. You can learn more about her at MagdaBoulet.com. Before we get to the show, just a few quick housekeeping notes. One, Liv Feisty, the producers of our show, is taking a little holiday hiatus. So there will be some repeat episodes during the next two weeks over the holidays and we'll be back in the new year. Also a reminder that we are launching a membership. The founding member sale is open until Friday. By joining as a founding member, you'll get the best rate and immediate access to all of the guides that we already have in there, including cheat sheets on hormones, therapies, adaptogens, all the select discounts we have on some of our favorite products and you'll get to give us some important input on the community. So come on over to feistymenopause.com and join us. Very importantly, and I want to say this loud and clear, that nothing you're enjoying right now outside of that membership is going away. There's been some questions about whether this show will continue to be free and whether there will still be the Facebook community, which is now the Hit Play Not Pause group. It's all still there. Everything you have right now will continue. The Feisty Menopause Membership is simply a deeper dive on a lot of the topics that we cover in this show. It's more like subscribing to a menopause life coaching service, if you will. But all the other stuff you're already enjoying, that's not going anywhere. One final note. I got a note from a woman who was just catching up on past episodes and was listening to the Happy Vaginas episode with Mary Jane Minken where Mary Jane Minken talks about prescribing testosterone to some of her patients who were bike riders. The concern was that testosterone is forbidden in competition, so if you get drug tested and you're positive, you're in trouble. I should have called attention to that in the show and made it clear that we were talking about recreational riders who were bike tourists, not competitive athletes who would be tested. I'll be sure to keep an ear out for those circumstances in the future. Okay, truly, enough of me. Let's get to Magda and the show. It seemed like since you've turned 45-ish, you know, you made this, this pivot to a lot of these long, arduous kind of things like the Marathon de Saab. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, um, Marathon in Morocco, In uh, the Leadville Trail. 100 mile, which I've done on my bicycle and cannot fathom the people who do it on their feet, you know, and uh, the Tahoe Rim Trail, right? Which is 172 miles. What what was, was that a conscious decision or was it just sort of a natural evolution or maybe both?
1: I think a combination of both. I think that, you know, after almost 20 years of uh, training and competing on the roads and on the track, you know, I started to kind of wonder what was next for me. Um, you know, being a part of uh, the running community has, you know, changed uh, my life from, you know, from the, you know, from the early, early ages. And um, I wasn't ready to just retire from the store just because I wasn't going to make another Olympic team. So just naturally, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I knew deep inside that I was in it for the long haul, Mm -hmm. um, pun intended, but, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was just more curiosity, you know, I, you know, I, um, I've always thrived on a lot of variety in my training mm-hmm. and racing and trail running was something that I've always incorporated into my marathon training, even though it was, uh, you know, on the roads, but it was a big chunk of my miles, you know, spent uh, running soft sur- surfaces, mainly mm-hmm. to stay healthy, uh, and enjoy what I was doing, um. But deep, like deep in my mind, you know, I always saw trail running as a poster child for fun. You know, it was, <laughs> <I agree. laughs>
0: it was
1: kind of, you know, just let it be and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and have a little bit of fun where my road uh, experience uh, or, uh, you know, racing on the road and on the track was very specialized um, mm-hmm. and, you know, very little room for error where I felt like with trail running, there is a little bit more that, you know, that I could explore and uh, mistakes that, you know, that you make, you know, you have a lot more time to, you know, to cross correct.
0: <laughs> um, I, I really understand that <laughs> very well. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was, I was kind of ready. I was ready for that. And, um, you know, it also, it kind of just, you know, made me realize that, you know, I really, I'm a lifelong learner. I like to learn. And there were things that I was not good at when it, you know, when it comes to trail running. And it was an opportunity to learn, you know, new skills and, mm-hmm. um, you know, enter a new community. And it really was, you know, this little race in my backyard uh, called uh, the Western States Run. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> a little you know, thing. Just a little thing that... <laughs> You know, it's it's uh, you know, um, you know, obviously, you know, as uh, what I do for a living, I'm really closely connected to the community and just paying attention to, you know, to over the years, what you know, what Western Stan- States, uh, you know, was all about. I went to watch it, and I always knew that I wanted to participate in that event. So,
0: <laughs> tell <Talk> people who <laughs> don't know what Western States is.
1: So, yes, yeah, so Western States Endurance Run is uh, a 100 mile uh, run that goes from uh, Squaw Valley, uh, which is at altitude in Tahoe. And
0: how, how high is that? About 6,000?
1: It's about 6,000 feet in the village, yes. And you climb out of there and you basically are spending, you know, it's a downhill course for the most part. You finish in Auburn, California. And you go through just brutal, you know, canyons. There's three big canyons that you go through up and down uh, about 20,000 feet of elevation, you know, uh, uh, change. And um, it gets really hot. It gets extremely hot. Uh, It's not the most, it's not the most uh, technical course uh, per Mm -hmm. se, which was a good first uh, 100 mile uh, race for me. But the temperature change. So you start, it could be, you know, in the 30s or 50s, probably no more than, you know, 50 degrees at the start. And then you're going through the canyons in extreme, you know, 100 degree weather. Uh, And just that management alone of, you know, of the hot and cold. And uh, for someone who, you know, came from road racing, uh, and track and field, you know, carrying your own food and fueling, during uh, extreme, you know, heat was uh, was definitely an opportunity to do some <laughs> problem solving, uh, and, and the preparation is what I what I really thrive uh, uh, on. You know, it's just just knowing that. Knowing that you you know you will have to figure this out that you might not know how to do it but it's exciting to you know to get on the journey where you, you're going to learn new things you're going to find things about yourself and I think mm-hmm. that was what really drew me to uh, to ultra and endurance racing you know just kind of asking myself you know what what's what's the next thing I can do you know what is it that I haven't done and I can get better at. Uh, you know, just one door closed uh, on road racing and another door opened up and I just never looked back.
0: So I I have a million questions now, but I'll try to, like, hone them in. Um, That is a, for the audience, it's also an extremely prestigious race. Western States is is a very prestigious race. How did you do the first time out? So
1: 2015 was my, that was my first 100 uh, mile race. And I ended up winning that race. Uh, okay. And and you know I took uh, I took a wrong turn. I remember again, like if that happened ever in a road race, you know, there is no way that you're coming back from you know right. taking, even in in a marathon. Just there's just not. Uh, you're, gonna block, you're not block. No, <laughs> no, you're not coming. You're getting dropped <laughs> by the lead pack. But again, just you know that you know just patience. Um, I, you know, again, being a little bit older, mm-hmm. you you have that on your side, you have that experience, you have that control of feelings, uh, you don't respond to, you know, to, to, you know, some of the challenges in a way where it could ruin your race. Um, so I think that was, you know, that was on my side. Uh, and, yeah. You know, I I feel like I nailed my nutrition with with fueling that day, which, you know, doesn't happen in every single race.
0: And that's and hard, even, even that though hard. you're an expert in it. It's super right. hard. Right? It's still so hard. Right? It's not a
1: guarantee just because you know what to do, still getting your body to do it. Um, yeah, it was it was just a super exciting, super exciting, exciting day. I, you know, and that just kind of changed my, you know, course for for the next several years. And you know, just kind of set me on this, you know, discovering curiosity path, like, okay, what else can I learn?
0: (laughs) So, so you talk, you know, about the advantages of being a little older, which a hundred percent, your mental game is such a giant advantage. I think you're just, you're just so much better at controlling all of that. Um, but, But have you hit along this, this journey, even starting at that point, I know for myself, I started noticing some subtle things with hormonal changes in from my mid to later forties, like thermal regulation was a little (laughs) tricky or something. Yeah. You know, and like, you're talking about some of this and I'm like, okay, did she, did she hit, have you, did you feel the difference? Were you aware of it? How did you work with it?
1: Yeah. I would say that in the last, you know, few years. um, So, you know, last like two or three years, I definitely have noticed that's when it,
0: Yes. That's when it hit uh, me, like yeah. I'm 47 or 48. I, yeah, I don't know how old you are now.
1: Yeah, I'm 47. Uh, okay. So it's the, like around 45, I started, and, you know, the body temperature fluctuation is definitely like the first thing I've noticed, you know, often feeling too cold and overdressing, yes. yeah. um, yep. and then yep. really quickly just being too hot. <laughs> and then taking it sweating. all. <laughs> yes. And, you know, yeah. and. You know, in in my last actually in the last year, I've noticed that these symptoms have actually really you know gotten me in trouble in some of the long endurance racing, where my body temperature you know I it just it the, the fluctuation is so drastic that it will dropped so low and so suddenly that I start shivering and that happened during the, to, event. During the event. So that happened to me at Leval where I just couldn't like in the last 20 miles and granted like you know we finished late at night so the temperatures dropped but still I went from you know just sweating being overdressed to suddenly you know mismanaging my layers and waiting too long and it just dropped suddenly and yeah I was I was in trouble in the last uh 20 miles uh, of that race and you know it, A lot of, you know, these symptoms are, you know, uh, do in part, but not entirely, you know, to, uh, due to estrogen depletion, you know, at this age. Uh, but you know, that's, you know, that's definitely has, you know, it has been something that I need to manage a little bit better. Um, something that I never really paid attention, um. Have
0: you? Have there any strategies specifically that you've taken on that you think are successful for managing that, whether nutritionally or adaptogens or are just layering? I mean, with you know, with
1: uh, with cold, it's definitely layering properly, and same with heat. But you know, uh, being really good about you know having access to ice. Mm -hmm. Uh, is something that, you know, that, you know, especially when I not so much, you know, when I'm not racing, uh, can manage that a little bit more at leisure, but I've noticed that during, you know, during some of these events, if I don't act on it right away, it will get me in trouble. Um, another thing is just maintaining muscle mass. You know, um, I feel like I'm working a little bit harder, um, to maintain or, you know, doing a lot more work to prevent uh muscle mass. Um and again, you know, that's, you know, that's um, you know, whether it's muscle repair or rebuilding muscle that also is heavily, you know, correlated to, you know, to to the drop in in estrogen. Uh so that's something that, you know, uh, a lot of women have to, you know, have to pay attention to and for me, you know, it's been really paying attention to my protein intake. Um and, you know, it's not just like, oh, I just want to make sure I have, enough you know, protein at dinner, but throughout the day, you know, every snack or meal, just making sure that, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's present and it's you know, top of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you, what
0: kind I, of lift, what kind of lifting do you, before we sleep is yeah. super important, but like what kind of, you know, how has your training changed as far as like the lifting? And I've read you also do some plyometrics. Um, how has your training changed?
1: Right. So I, you know, over over the years, you know, I, I was a lot more structured with my resistant training and plyometric training um, when, you know, when I was training for the marathon uh, and mm-hmm. was doing that full time, you know, and I have to honestly say that, you know, working a full time job uh, and, you know, and putting, you know, some of the miles, I've made some Compromises over the years where I've shifted, you know, instead of chasing a lot of miles to spending a little bit more time, you know, uh, doing, you know, m- my favorite, you know, plyometric exercises are, you know, box jumps. uh, uh I say that I, uh, you know, do jump rope, but I usually pretend I have a jump rope in my hand <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, most of the time you're like, Oh, I don't have my jump rope. Like I can't do it. I'm like, no, you can't. You just jump. Right. It's right. Right. It's,
0: it's, it's, <laughs> just twist your <laughs> wrists a little bit. That's and pretend.
1: Right. <laughs> Imagine you have the jump rope in your hand. Um, I do a lot of step ups, um, and you know, simple things as, you know, just, uh, you know, squat jumps and jumping jogs. I mean, you know, it really, it does not have to be too complicated. And I try to incorporate that, you know, um, frequently after I finish my run and then I'll add a few minutes, you know, too. So for me, instead of having those, you know, structured big sessions um, on my, you know, on my schedule where if I don't make it, it's gone. I try to just incorporate frequent sessions that are shorter throughout my week, um, and and it just it happens. You know, the accumulation of doing that work uh, has been really productive for me, and in, and uh, in, you know, keeping that not, not only you know not only for maintaining muscle mass, but also for just bone uh, bone density maintenance and bone health, uh, which you know I've you know I've noticed that it's also takes a little bit more work to uh, to maintain good, good bone health.
0: Well cuz you're a mom too, right? Yes. I mean it's yeah. it's busy. I mean
1: I have a teenager now so that's you know it's it's you're still you know, I have like, a still teenager there's no work. And, like, <laughs> it's like you know uh privacy and a long time uh so you know I feel like D- different, different parenting—you know—needs uh, uh, at this age for me. But more emotional parenting more, needs, absolutely, <laughs> which takes a toll. There's no, yes. no doubt. Uh, sometimes I go like, "Wow, it would have been so much easier to, you know, to have a newborn now. <laughs> okay, maybe not a newborn, maybe a three-year-old. No,
0: not a newborn. Let's <laughs> go with like a little more independent." <laughs> right. But I get what you're saying.
1: But yes, it's you know, time is of essence, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you know, it's so. Yeah, I don't, you know, I used to be such a high mileage person. And I realized that, look, I have so many years behind me, I spent 20 years doing, you know, marathon training. And, you know, I don't need to build more endurance, but I do need to maintain bone health, I need to maintain, maintain muscle mass, and I need to, and I've noticed that, you know, my speed and efficiency, if I don't work on it, you know, even even harder than ever before, it, it's, it's really disappearing quickly. So. Um, in my training, you know, now uh, I focus on um, on a lot of like short repeats. Um, again, I don't right. ignore my long run and my, you know, longer intervals, totally. but it's something that is... Uh, non-negotiable for me it's you know doing those really short uh high intensity repeats
0: and, what kind of can you give me an example i'm just curious what yeah like, right?
1: uh so it could be depending you know what i train for if i train for a rest race that has a ton of elevation gain uh and i need to do hill work it's going to come in a in a form of you know 20 times 30 seconds really hard up a hill um and i've you know I've even my you know uh, over the years I've used the treadmill to do this where, you know, I don't spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time running down. Um, but the downhill running is, can be beneficial to, you know, to, to ultra running. So, um, I, you know, I get creative where I do a lot of hill repeats that are hard, not as hard on your body. You know, Mm it does, uh, it does resemble speed work, um, just like, they, like I did on the track, which I still like to do, but I feel like these days I need training partners to to get it done. <laughs> you know, to show up to you know, after 20 years to track right now and
0: I feel that 200. so hard.
1: <laughs> I I always have to find a partner in crime like, hey, how about this two hundreds? Uh, so just you know, uh, repeats under a minute, um, which for someone who now is chasing those really long endurance races, um, it's kind of fun to go and like turn it on and, you know, do something that's, you know, high intensity, you get, you know, good amount of uh, rest in between. And then you, you know, 15, 20 minutes late. I'm like, wow, that's it. I'm done.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Not like three or four <laughs> three hours later.
1: Three <laughs> or four hours later. Yeah. So that's and yeah, it that's,
0: translates, right? Though, I mean, you definitely oh,
1: feel yeah. the yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it definitely maintaining, you know, efficiency uh, as a runner. This is a key, you know, key, uh, key session for me.
0: Back in the day, another just curiosity, what was that mileage looking like? What was your oh, weekly gosh. mileage looking like?
1: Wow, that's a really good question. So, I, you know, I definitely pushed the envelope of, you know, what and I, I believe that, you know in 20 years building up, I didn't just start, but 120 was my average. <gasps> <laughs> which, means, <That's> so <laughs> which means my highest, right, was around 140. And then the below, so I always went between like, you know, 80, 90 to 140. And it just wow. uh, fluctuated depending, you know, I had my easy weeks, I had, um, you know, I had weeks that were packed with volume and intensity and I had weeks with just focused on volume and low intensity or just low intensity weeks. So, um, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, just periodization. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I, I found my limit though. I remember one, you know, one week I, tried to convince my my coach to try me to go for one fifty and I got hurt, <laughs> so that was your body telling you okay that's you know that was your red line that's it you know you gotta stay what was it way.
0: finally was it like a knee an i t band a foot like what what gave in
1: oh uh, it was you know it tearing at, at my quad, you know, just oh, you know, yeah, it's not a huge like tear, but it was just you know enough where it you know I was out for several weeks,
0: yeah so, yeah. So now you 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 now you work more like the long runs and into the weekend kind of thing and do the high intensity stuff during the week like does it yes. look more yeah. and
1: it definitely complements my you know my lifestyle I think that's really important to you know to to find the balance between. You know, I'm not a full time, you know, runner where I Mm -hmm. don't do anything else, you know, working and family, I really try to, you know, find the routine that works best for me. And, you know, throughout the week, I focus on, you know, on the higher intensity stuff and, you know, and, you know, a lot of flex, flex flexibility routines, because, range of motion has also suffered over the years. And I think it's not just age, but also just the type of work and events that, you know, I commit myself to, uh, or, you know, as endurance athletes. Uh, so spending time throughout the week on, you know, stuff that you can do when you, with your family and you, you can have mm-hmm. a conversation, but you're foam rolling and <laughs> stretching and <laughs> you're still, you're still there, but you know, you have the flexibility of, uh, of doing other things. Um,
0: so you brought a couple of questions or issues up that I've made some notes that as you've talked that I think would be useful for our long-term runners. Like there's a lot of women in this space, right? Who, like you, they've been they've been running marathons. They've been doing this stuff for a long time, you know, years and years, maybe decades. And so can you talk a little bit about those, those switches that I've heard you make, like trail running, because maybe it's a little easier on your body, like trail running versus pavement the hill repeats versus those hard track sessions. Like what does that look like as you try to like extend your longevity and health into this sport?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, wow, there is, uh, there is um, several kind of buckets that I feel like over the years I've, you know, I, I found some success and um, you know, just, you know, for me kind of the big picture is always, how do you stay consistent because this is how how you're going to either improve or maintain uh, better health or performance so consistency you know is is a is a big you know goal of mine um you know whatever i need to do not to be on the sideline <laughs> that's what i <laughs> myself, right mm-hmm. uh, and you know and injuries uh, especially overuse injuries are you know you know a, a big big hurdle for endurance athletes not just for runners so starting with like you know a, a routine that has you know good you know range of motion and mobility I tend to uh, rely on rub stretching, uh, so active isolate, isolated stretching instead of, you know.
0: Oh, okay. put, so you put have like it. a band that you're pulling. That's right. So it's okay.
1: it's almost like, you know, having a, a a partner stretch you out, but you do it at, you know, you, you definitely can listen to your body and what your body needs versus imagine like, you know, putting your, you know, leg on a, you know, on a bench and just forcing your body weight on, you know, on it and actually micro tearing. So just really, you know, um, um, proper range of motion and mobility. Um, I do spend some time, you know, more time foam rolling, uh, and, you know, and pre, uh, pre-run pre-workout activation exercises which almost are a a must for me now in order to you know get out the door and actually feel like I'm moving uh, properly versus you know back in the days, I was able to wake up put my shoes on and you know out the door that's no longer you know
0: like high knees and strides or that kind of thing or is it something yes
1: no uh, so activate it's engaging your you know glutes it's yes so it's you know high knees and uh uh activating you know like i said your you know hips and glutes and so you 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 can efficiently move uh Mm -hmm. versus you know compensating for the first couple of miles warming up and then doing more damage than uh than actually you know getting thing, getting anything out of it. Um <clears throat> so that is definitely, you know, that's definitely uh, part of the routine. I um we talked a little bit about um uh, just cross-training as well, like finding Giving yourself permission, <laughs> uh, g- giving yourself permission to, you know, to do other things. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if someone told me I had to take a day off, uh, I wouldn't even listen. You know, I said, no, just running is what makes me better. Um, and, you know, over the years, kind of the power of acceptance and giving my body what it needs uh, is what, you know, definitely contributes to uh, that I believe that contributes to my extended career um, and will allow me to, you know, to, to do what I like. So just being, 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 being flexible, <laughs> you know, in, uh, in, uh, in the activities that you do. And especially with a lot of the long endurance events, um, having, having uh, different activities as part of your training is beneficial. So, you know, for me, you know, doing a big hike with a weight vest. Um, suddenly, you know, not only does it allow me to be with my family, um, you know, but also, you know, it's the loading exercise, you know, I'm carrying weight, uh, you know, I'm spending time on my feet. Uh, is, you know, just so getting a little bit more creative with the type of, you know, movement that you do uh, and really finding that compliment that actually enjoying doing it is uh, you, you'll stay in that sport uh, for a long longer time if you're actually you know doing things that you enjoy versus forcing it um, and I would say that the importance of community you know I can't you know uh, stress enough how you know that has been huge for me. Not only, um, you know, because you know we're just meant to 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 be in a group of people and enjoy it, but also during the times where you know you have setbacks and you have injuries, you know, having that support is critical. Um, so that's more kind of on the on the side of you know just you know staying motivated and taking care of your you know of your. Um, of your body just prepping your body for uh, for the right you know movement Um, you know we talked a little bit about resistant training and plyometric training which you know again you know jumping is is a great you know great loading exercise and then with resistant training you know I um, I I don't spend a ton of time um, again uh, you know I do like lifting heavy weights with Pre pandemic, you know, I relied a lot on, on, um, on kettlebells and, uh, you know, squats and, you know, even pushing and pulling a sled uh, a lot of it, a lot of which is great for you know like when i was training for marathon the sub pushing that sled was great because you know that struggle to to get through you know through that resistance um and you know when my feet had to work in the sand really <laughs> beneficial uh to be a lot stronger you know um uh, but again during the pandemic a lot of this stuff i don't have access to so again i tend to get creative with minimal, uh, equipment. Now I rely a ton of my weight vest, you know, I have a 20, 20 pound weight vest that, you know, I will do, you know, whether it's lunges or squats, um, even some plyometric exercises, but you have to really, you know, be careful with the impact of training in a weight vest, uh, and starting slow, uh, and a kettlebell, like keeping it minimum, but still, you know, doing that, that work, you know, twice a week. Um, mm-hmm. And of course there is that whole nutrition, you know, nutrition approach. Oh, we're definitely
0: going to talk about the nutrition approach. Yeah. Um, I I would like to, because I also want to talk about your recovery, because I think like recovery slows down, that's harder. I think nutrition rolls right into that. Um, Maybe as a framework for that, because I really want to talk about your Everstein a little bit. Um, First, uh, for the the audience who does not know, Everstein started in the bicycling world and it's mm-hmm. basically riding up and down the same hill, and it must be the same hill to get the elevation gain of Mount Everest, which is like 29,000 feet. Mm-hmm. In, oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Nine <laughs> <laughs> um, Magda did it running. <laughs> so, this, so I, I, you know, during the pandemic, which blows my mind because you have to run down the hill. Yeah. And I I cannot imagine not being shattered beyond shattered. So could you just talk a little bit about like how you picked your hill and how that went for you, and then right. let's roll into let's roll right into nutrition and recovery because I bet you used all the tools in your shed to come yes. back from that.
1: Uh, so yes, Everesting that was uh, quite the ordeal, and it was uh, you know it was something that I had planned on doing you know, at least once in my life, I didn't really had like a, you know, set time. It's something that I learned years ago. Yes. From cyclists. And I was always fascinated with it. And I said, you know, one day I would love to just do this, you know, on my feet running. <laughs> um, and it literally took a pandemic to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was
0: part of Rebecca Rush's challenge, right? Because I did, I did the half. I did the half. I was just like, I didn't have the wherewithal mentally to do a full th- at that point. Yeah. But um, yeah,
1: and, and uh, trust me, I I was so jealous. You know, I told Rebecca, I was like, you know, I I, I reached out to her. I'm like, I'm so jealous. You you put this event on because I've been dreaming about doing this, um, as an event for other people, which seems really extreme now, but she did it the right way. Now she had, you know, different, you know, different challenges of different, you know, uh, uh obviously, you know, not everyone needed to Everest to be a part of the events. I really loved what she did, but it was about a month prior to Rebecca's event where a group of, um, our friends um, from kind of all over just um, decided to Everest for fun because of the, all of the events were just cancelled. But over the course of a week, so we
0: running, running,
1: yes, and there was no like, oh, you have to, you know, you have to pick one hill, uh, and you had to do it, you know, up and down. You could, you could run, you could bike, you could ski. If you if you lived in a place where it had snow at that time. Uh, which was summertime, but it was just more like, hey, we need some motivation. It's, you know, it's in the, you know, we were about three months into the pandemic and everyone was starting to, uh, you know, to go a little bit nuts, not, not seeing each other. And yeah, so we, we, you know, one of our friends. It's still was a big week. It was still a big weekend for many of us, um, you know, we didn't even know if we could do it. I'm like, okay, we're going to 29,000 feet. Most of my training, when I train for big events and I'm in the middle of heavy training, it's in the 20s, uh, you know, and I come down, you know, in terms of like total vert for a week. So this was going to be a jump for most of us, if not all of us. And we had a group of a dozen where we started a, a spreadsheet and it, you know, other, some friends invited new friends or so something like, you know, we met some friends on the spreadsheet, and we had a text going. And it's, you know, you could do it in any way you want it. So it was really inclusive. And you could make it as hard as you want it. Um, you know, most people had jobs, so people were getting really creative. Uh, but it was so fun because you know if you didn't get to Mount Everest, then you picked some other peak that you reached. <laughs> um, I just did Denali, but it's fine. like I'm just Denali, <laughs> yes. Uh some people, you know, I'm like, hey, I got kilimanjaro But it was it was a fun thing over a week and it just really like the light bulb just went off for me during, you know, during that week. I'm like, wow, I need to sign up for Rebecca's event. Because I've been watching it, but it still didn't commit. And it was right after that when we completed it. And you know, I did a lot of um, uh, stair running because I was trying to get as much, you know, vert in the least amount of time. And I kind of learned in that week what was working and what didn't work, um, you know, what I really liked. And with that mindset, I started to do a little bit more research on, on, you know, the, like you said, like, how did you pick your hill? And, right. you know, why right. did you? Right. It, it had to be like that perfect segment. Um and I chose um, uh, a hill that was about uh, half a mile, so 800 meters or so. Uh, and it was um, it, it was a mountain, which is uh, oh, okay. ignorant, uh, beautiful, you know, it was uh, all dirt, it was shaded. And what was the grade? It was uh, about 15 percent.
0: okay yeah well it has to be because it was so short
1: right yeah so which you know it required me to to do it about 70 times I believe and it was maybe a little bit less no I think might have been might have been less than that it might have been like 46 but it was over 70 miles um, up and down running so total and Yes, uh, it. Yeah, I learned a lot during <laughs> that process. Um, again, I, you know, I got dropped off really early uh, in the morning. Uh, my husband dropped me off at about five a.m. and left. Dropped me <laughs> off. <laughs> dropped me off at a gate, and I was, you know, all by myself hiking in. Here is. A, I didn't really think about that part. I was so focused on my segment that I forgot that. I had to hike in for about a mile to the bottom of mine. So I had my backpack filled with all my fuel. You know, I had my headlamp and, you know, it was a great moment where for 20 minutes, you know, I hiked in and just kind of set my mind. And over the course of the day, um, it it just, it, it went great. Like for the, I would say for the most, you know, I was running kind of, you know, really happy that I was, Again, doing something because it's been a while since I raced. Mm-hmm. Not that this was a big race, but I, you know, was filled with a lot of joy. And people that knew that uh, that I was doing it would come and do one lap with me. Again, we're in the middle of pandemics. I tried to keep it really low key, yeah,
0: um,
1: and also didn't want to get kicked out by the rangers, you know, because you know it's you know you, you want to draw a lot of you know a, a group of people where, um where, you know, there was risk of, you know, getting, uh, getting cut off in the middle of it. And I didn't want to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, So I, you know, uh, I had friends who, you know, would bring me some treats occasionally. I, I think I got a chocolate scone from someone or a croissant. It was the best thing, you know, ever. <laughs> um, some friends, um, you know, dropped off uh, in my backpack, you know, ice and ice water. Um, so it, it, was going really really well and um once the you know once uh, the sun went down things started to get a little bit harder you know the the downhill running started to take a toll on me it just it was did you just go
0: was, straight down or did you paperboy down or did you side truffle
1: I, 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 mean, how- I did it no no side truffle but i did uh, i definitely had some you know some uh uh imaginary switchbacks on the way down
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: um just to you know just to reduce any of the stress of you know of downhill pounding um but you know i finished about 11:30 at night and you know i i'll I'll tell you, like you know my family got me through it because my family was there with me for for the last you know a few hours, and you know I was exhausted. You
0: had it. to have felt like quitting at some point,
1: oh multiple times okay. <laughs> or just asking actually asking myself like why did I come up with this idea? It sounded so good, <laughs> and they so always few <laughs> weeks ago I'm like why why did I do this to myself? Um, But it felt so good to finish. And again, at that moment when I finished, just this big flaw of my plan, like, wow, I have to walk in another mile to my car. And I started to cry almost. (laughs) Because, you know, when you're done, you just want to be done.
0: You're just done. You have have mentally talked yourself into finishing.
1: (laughs) And your brain was prepared for being done. Yeah. Um, and you know, my family's like, what's the big deal? I'm like, no, I need to walk a mile. That's, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's as, it's almost as big of a deal as this whole thing I just did. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, uh that was a big undertaking. And, you know, honestly, I have like no desire to, you know, to, to do it again anytime soon, but I think, um, there is room for improvement for me because I I don't think that I studied the event and what I can do better. I should have been a lot more prepared for, for the downhill. And I think that, you know, because this idea kind of just evolved, um, you know, like six weeks before I did it, um, I, it deserved a lot more preparation on a downhill. I did good amount of preparation for the climbing and that went really fairly easy, um, you know, during you know during everesting but the downhill running it deserved uh a lot more homework uh in my preparation
0: uh so that how was how would you did. prepare differently i mean you wouldn't want to do a ton of downhill training ahead of time or, or would you
1: uh, I would have incorporated uh, a, a little bit more downhill training, but there is also, you know, I've done, you know, just like plyometrics, you jump up, you also jump right. down. So right. I've done for for Western States. I've done a, because the canyons, you know, you you climb three thousand feet and then you bomb, you know, a canyon for three thousand feet. You got to have strong quads for that. And I, in, in preparation for Western States, uh, I always incorporate some downhill running uh, that is a little bit more aggressive than usual and also and also uh, jumping down so I'll have my weight vest that's 20 pounds and I really load that uh, you know those quads to prepare and again you have to be very careful because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. injuries are uh, the risk of injuries a lot higher but if you you know if you have a good progression and good recovery from that then you know you're more likely to you know to walk away with some really
0: good quad strength i guess so so talk about talk about your pillars of recovery i I hear like eating recovery techniques and sleep like Uh, how do you what how do you how do you recover from these
1: right like Like you said sleep uh sleep is you know i definitely um pay attention to sleep and you know actually like in the last five years sleep has definitely been an issue maybe not I love to sleep. So maybe not that that's not an issue, but it's more just, um, quality.
0: Do you wake up in the middle of the night? Do you have that going on? Yes. Everybody the does.
1: Sleep disturbance <laughs> has been, you know, so the, the quality of, of, uh, of my sleep has definitely been a little bit, uh, uh, disrupted. Um, you know i and i you know i think i'm still trying to figure out it's it's probably not one thing it's a multiple you know approach to you know to to sleep hygiene that you know you really have to commit to to a good routine but i think age also has you know uh definitely you know again like being too hot being too cold and you know just you know waking up more frequently and just being older and having a little bit more stress in your life you know so um you know I used to like you know 10-15 years ago I used to like put my pillow down you know head of my pillow and I'll be out and I didn't even have to get up in the middle of the night to (laughs) you know for any reason um so that definitely is a little bit it's it's a priority in my in my um um recovery techniques um but I have to work at it. (laughs) I have to work at it. Um, you know, I do, um, I try to limit screen time, uh, you know, for at least an hour before I go to bed. Um, I do try to, uh, um, not great at meditating, but I do try to do breathing, breathing exercises before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. Um, it works, you know, different you know for different people breathing exercises can benefit at different times of the day for me it really you know benefits at night when I go and I can just um I can just kind of you know check out and um, be at peace versus having my brain you know Searching mm-hmm. for things to do. So <laughs> sleep is yeah. I aim for about you know seven to nine hours, and I try to improve my you know sleep uh, uh, hygiene, which is still you know challenging um, these days, especially during the pandemic. I also love hot and cold therapy. So I've invested in a sauna over the years for multiple reasons. <laughs> Talk about that. Uh, yes, I absolutely love uh my routine with uh with my and ideally i would have a contrast therapy where i would have you know ice you know bath right after but i don't have access to that. So I definitely uh, indulge on for many reasons. You know, again, with a lot of my endurance racing, I have to prepare for heat, uh, for extreme heat. And my sauna training, post-workouts, you know, I spend about 20 minutes in certain days when I do train for races like Marathon de Saab, where 130 degrees in the middle of the day, you're running through, or Western States, which, you know, again, you're running a lot faster than Marathon de Saab, um because of the terrain, um, but it's still over 100 degrees. So my sauna training has been key in prep in, in heat training preparation for these events, but also for just my, you know, mental health, Uh, there's a lot of good research between, you know, heat therapy, um, and, you know, mental health, uh, and I've been really, and also adding aerobic fitness to your, you know, to your uh, right after a workout. So you can actually increase the benefits from, you know, from uh, working out. And someone who's older, uh, instead of putting on more miles, I can spend 20 minutes in the sauna, taking care of my mind and uh, getting that benefit. So that has been a huge uh huge boost in my recovery Um, it also
0: helps for altitude correct because you get that uh, that blood plasma increase
1: right there is huge crossover between so yes for leadville i definitely again i was not able to spend three weeks at altitude uh but i did have 10 days prior to leadville uh but i did incorporate even when i was in leadville uh there is that little you know I'm not sure if it's a YMCA or that little gym. Uh, yeah. slash Swimming pool. You're in the sauna. Yes, I definitely incorporated the, the hot tub and the sauna as I was, you know, um, uh, you know. Um, I was, uh, already decreasing my volume, you know, two weeks prior, my intensity was down. So I had a lot more time and I converted that time to, you know, to, uh, heat therapy, which helped yeah. definitely with, uh, with altitude, uh, competing at altitude. And I definitely recommend, you know, a lot of sea level athletes who travel to, you know, to altitude, to raise, uh, to incorporate heat therapy into their routine. Um. And then nutrition. I think that you know we've talked about that's you know um, that's it's key for me. Uh, you know, as uh, someone who um, not only you know when you're exercising, but also as you get older, again maintaining muscle mass. So increasing your protein intake. You know, I aim for about twenty to thirty grams of protein pretty much with every you know every meal, uh, and then snacks if I have it. I try to make sure that you know that I have, uh, and not just protein. You know, obviously having you know good carbs and, and fed, but really making sure that you have post-exercise, you know, that protein dose of 20 to
0: 30 grams is key. What is, what's your key? Are you, are you plant-based? Are you
1: a... I am plant I am vegetarian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm not, I'm not a vegan. Uh, I'm a vegetarian. So I do rely a lot uh, of my protein either comes from, you know, a recovery drink, which is whey protein and mm-hmm. casein. So a combination of the slow and fast release uh, is key. Um, I use a, a lot of like beans and uh, fish. Um, so those are kind of my main, you know, main sources of uh, um, a little bit of tofu, not a ton, um, but, you know, fish, beans, and then, you know, just uh, getting, you know, obviously those are the high um, uh, protein um, foods, but, you know, I definitely pay attention to to that anti-inflammatory process which is Mm. which is uh you know again for you know when you're putting a lot of stress so antioxidants and anti-inflammatory so getting you know getting seeds and nuts um you know chia seeds walnuts and flax and um for you know for the omega-3 fatty acids is key Mm -hmm. just overall just you know good you know a lot of vegetables and fruit in my diet. Um, Green tea and coffee are good antioxidants and
0: chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm down with that.
1: But growing up, you know, gr- really quickly growing up in Poland, uh, so I grew up in Poland, Eastern European, we, we preserved and fermented a ton of foods. So I really reconnected with fermentation and fermenting foods in the last decade. And just, you know, the gut microbiome, uh, and the connection to immune system is you know, over the years, you know, it's, it's not only from research, what we know, what we have learned, but, you know, I, you know, I, I feel, you know, a lot healthier. And that consistency that we talked about doesn't just come from training, but also what do you eat? So getting sick less frequently, right? Um, so increased fiber, fermented foods, I ferment my own sauerkraut. Uh, and we make some, sa- not me, but my husband makes sourdough bread, uh, and just getting those, you know, Good bacteria, probiotics uh, is is key. Um,
0: I'm hearing a lot of Whole Foods. I love what I'm hearing because I, I believe in that too. Do you, do you do any supplementation?
1: I do some. So first of all, like over the years, I've partnered up with, with Insight Tracker to – actually oh, yeah. test my deficiencies. So I'm not in favor... For of- the
0: people who don't know, that's a blood testing thing that tells you what you... It, right. it does all your panels. It does your vitamins and your minerals and all this. All
1: stuff. the biomarkers, right? So yeah. you, um, again you know, it's a little bit more detailed than, you know, going to a doctor and just getting the basic panel. It will, you know, over the years, especially when I got into this, you know, this endurance, uh, uh, racing and training, I really wanted to learn, you know, am I, you know, am I causing deficiencies? Am I, you know, eating the right stuff? And it was great to learn, you know, from, uh, from uh, the results from Insight Tracker that, you know, I kept just getting deficient, you know, no matter what I did uh, with food, uh, vitamin D and magnesium were were just constantly low for me. And, you know, a lot of it, you know, probably is you know uh just genetic uh you know reasons but i also train really early in the morning and at night because i work you know and most of the time except for weekends i'm indoors a lot so um right. just you know from food it was not enough to you know to get some of uh 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 you know some of uh, some of the vitamins and minerals so i started to supplement with um with the vitamin D, vitamin K is, uh, key, uh, magnesium. And then because I'm a vegetarian, I do vitamin B12. So those are key kind of, you know, uh, just supplementing my, despite having it, you know, I, I feel like, you know, my, my diet is, you know, you know, I pay attention to, you know, to to what I eat and make sure that it's very balanced. Uh and despite all of that, I'm still, you know, deficient in certain areas. So, um, but <laughs> knowing what you're deficient in. So you're not just taking vitamins for the sake of, you know, taking right. vitamins is really, really important. Um and the collaboration with, you know, with um with Insight Tracker has been uh has been a lot of fun because um you know, I, we started to ask a lot of questions about, you know, vitamin, you know, vitamin D deficiency and some other micronutrients. And, um, we partnered, so from Goo, uh, working with GU and Insight Tracker, we partnered on just like looking at endurance athletes in general. Um, and we, started to test a lot of our own athletes and providing that service. And we started to see a trend that, you know, it wasn't just me. It's a bunch of other endurance athletes that continue to have that deficiency. Um, and again, you know, um, um after that collaboration, uh, we came up with a, magnesium plus capsule. And, and that was, you know, to address, um, you know, bone health with vitamin D and combination of vitamin K and also uh, boosting immunity with zinc and magnesium. Uh, So fun, fun stuff to, you know, that come out of research and learning from, you know, from people that do uh, extreme events, uh, which is.
0: I I I remember if you, if you recall, I did the tour of California. um, Yes. Yes, four, I'm four, four that. years ago or so. Yes, um, and we were doing the insight. Like I was getting all the blood drawn all the right. time to like, um, and it, it is. It's super interesting to see. Right.
1: And you, you get to you know you get you get a choice of intervening. Like, do I want to you know ad- address some of the deficiency with you know my lifestyle changes? You know, do because you can do it from three different angles, right? You can do it from supplement, you can do it from food, and you can do it from lifestyle. And ideally, you know, you're incorporating all three uh, versus just you know taking one approach. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, they do all tend to work together, right? Yes. Um, so, do you have anything that you you thought of that we haven't talked about that that women who are sort of going into this these transitionary years could benefit from as they want to like keep their keep themselves in the game performance wise
1: uh, that's it's uh, a great question. I think that ah uh, um, I'm trying to think like what what else we haven't really uh talked about?
0: We talked about <laughs> no. it a lot I mean, I don't know how much it, it changes um how much has your fueling during your events changed? Has your fueling and hydration during changed or your approach during exercise itself?
1: You know, actually, um, I think it continues to evolve depending on, you know, I take one race and I make it, I make it a project and my feeling will be really targeted towards that event because in endurance, as you can know, unlike, you know, my marathon training, I knew that I was, you know, I had access to this food, uh, either I carried it or I had access every, you know, every mile or so, um. And that was kind of my playing ground. Uh, You know, most of the time, you know, the the courses don't really change that much. You know, when you really think about like trail racing, ultra racing to what, you know, how much road racing changes, it's so insignificant. You know, you might have, you know, uh, temperature fluctuation uh, here and there, but it's it's really not that drastic. Uh, Ultra running uh, and endurance training. The terrain, the environment, it's so extreme, right? You can go from a hundred mile race like Western States that again, um, you know, that it's relatively fast, but hot to something like ultra, you know, Mount, Mount Blanc, um, Mm that you know that you you literally you know it's extremely technical it really depends like you have to really strategically think when you're eating and what are you eating uh you because it's to, so rocky
0: and challenging
1: it's so rocky that as a mountain biker you can probably you know um you know agree with that that you know timing is everything Uh, so you're not just on this schedule, like I have to eat every, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes you don't have access to like your hands are, you know, occupied by, you know, making sure that you you don't crush, right? You don't die. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's every race, um, you know, has an opportunity to develop a, a very specific plan. Uh, and I, you know, I definitely, you know, I definitely, uh, at night you know go towards more solid food I you know um, I, I do have like that desire to to have more you know salty foods and incorporate a lot of like miso uh, uh soups at night especially when it's super cold and then when it's hot it's so critical to just minimize the demand you're putting on on your gut right so that's not the time where you want to you know, experiment with, Oh, come to an aid station and see what looks good. Like you, you know, you really have to minimize, you know, uh, the demand that you're asking your your gut to digest food. So I really switch over to liquids when it's super hot, you know, Rectane energy drink has been my staple, like in a lot of the long events, especially during, you know, during the day, and then getting a lot more variety, uh, you know, Uh, the early mornings when it's cold and at night when it's, uh, when it's also cold switching over to, you know, to, to eating more and getting, you know, hot uh, liquids. Uh, During the Tahoe Rim trail, um, it was a staple for me to actually mix or recover drink at night with an extra cup of coffee, (laughs) Uh, like a mocha, hot mocha at night where I knew that I was, you know, doing damage to my muscle, I knew that, you know, the, 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 uh, the demand, you know, and, and protecting, uh, my muscle mass was critical and getting that, you know, protein and especially, you know, protein that it's high in branched amino acids, especially losing is key for protecting the muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And we have to do more of that. So really thinking about the protein choices, you know, as we get older, um, is key. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, here's to like rolling into 2021. I think more things will come online for sure, right? But it's just going to yeah. be a slow roll back to
1: It's it's yeah. is you know. going to be probably as rough, but but yeah. It's so it's been busy. Um and you know, at time to, you know, to to try new things in a way. Yeah. Like with, you know, with the fact that, you know, I don't have big races on the on the horizon until, you know, hopefully uh mid you know, 2020
0: What do you have in 2021?
1: Uh, I would like to go back to Western states, uh, which is in June. and then I have uh, this race that was supposed to happen this year in October. It's a stage race in Bhutan. Ooh. I know at like, extreme elevation, you know you're dealing with probably you know some environmental challenges in terms of cold at night. Uh, it's a you know it's a six day, five day stage race um, through some just untouched territory, you know, of, uh, of the Himalaya mountains. And that would be such a fun project to prepare for.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, yeah. Really interesting, you know, it's, it's definitely catching my, my interest now because there's just so much problem solving.
0: How many days is that? Five days, five days. And what's the distance and elevation?
1: uh, so some of the peaks that you go over go over seventeen thousand feet, which is high i know that's high that's, that's high. high yeah, and it's really remote so you you know you you do have limited support it's not fully unsupported uh but it's limited support um and you go through small villages and um yeah it's uh it's about um you yeah, know hundred and fifty miles. Yeah. hmm So it's not like extreme distances, but they will take yeah, you. Yeah, but a at more that time.
0: elevation you're going to so
1: well. so... <laughs> Right, which cold, you know, becomes uh, yeah. uh it's becomes uh, uh definitely something that you have to prepare for.
0: Well, this has been it's been so delightful to talk to you. I I guess I just wanna like know what what inspires you now? Like what keeps you you know, yeah. you you keep you keep going to these sort of like walking the edges of these bigger and bigger challenges. Like, what 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 keeps you motivated and what keeps your mojo high to do this stuff?
1: Yeah, I think that um, you know, I think that uh, my inspiration is finding ways to continue to move in any way I can. Uh, I think that you know, um, movement is the essence of life, right? And you know. You know, it's it's really not as much for me like how fast can I do this as much as you know where can I go and explore learn something new maybe learn my weakness and work on it because that gets me excited to to figure things out. Um, but also, you know, some of the some of the challenges that you know that I take on, you know, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to convince someone in my life to keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and go, go on their journey. Like one of my probably, you know, if I think of like some of the wins during a pandemic and, you know, that are not, you know, there are not too many of them. Um, you know, I started because I'm not training as uh, as intensely. Um, I've, you know, I've given myself permission to like, you know, get other people out the door and either go hiking or walking. And uh, with-
0: You mean you know, your family
1: my family, friends, people I work with, you know, anyone that, you know, that, you know, that uh, um, just inspired someone else to go and have their own Everest, you know, it does not need to be the Everesting, but go and encourage someone else to, you know, to, to get on that journey, because it does change us. And we know that as you know, when we put ourselves through that journey, it's, it's, It's life-changing, right? For so many reasons. So if I can, you know, get someone else in my life along the way (laughs) to try even, you know, a little Everest, that's a success.
0: Well, that's our show. I have to say Magda really made me want to put a sauna in my basement and maybe get a weighted vest. Maybe. Maybe on the weighted vest. Anyway. Thank you everyone for being here since the show launch just a couple of months ago. You have been amazing sharing and rating the show and helping it grow so quickly over a short amount of time. I am humbled and appreciative. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you all a happy, healthy holiday season and new year. And here's hoping that 2021 brings grace and light and hope an end to this very stressful, challenging time that we have all been living through. I will see you in the new year with a very special guest, celebrity trainer, and inspirational sensation, Casey Duke, the author of Show It Love, which I had the honor of helping her write. When I asked her to be on the show, she said, and I quote, I love that we are both on a path of inspiring women to celebrate their rites of passage as we reacquaint ourselves with the bad bitch goddess that thrives within us. (laughs) That is Casey in a nutshell. You will not want to miss this one. So until after the holidays, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause a feisty menopause podcast for active performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty.